you will get a buck by giving up your coin. Is that not a good idea? I should. Well, you have no money, so having one dollar might be better than having no dollars. <laughs> in fact, it, in, in a mathematical sense, it's infinitely better. Infinitely better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First? Exploring the hilariously huge world of board games. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein, Ed Povolitis, and Mike Grenier. Yo, what's Hello, up, everybody? Everyone. Hello, everyone. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we've got the coroner on speed dial in Bad Doctor. Next up, we cultivate our crops and stuff our ships full of goods to win in Puerto Rico. And lastly, we clump, jump, and bump our fellow Mayan travelers in Yucata. Hey everybody, if you like seeing our hyperspeed unboxings or want to catch up on our latest playthroughs from our Thursday night Twitch games, YouTube is the place to be. Just click on subscribe and ring the notification bell to stay up to date on our latest adventures. And now, in addition to our exclusive patron-only channel, we have opened a Discord channel for all our listeners. Grab the link on our social media or our website and chat with us today. Let's talk about the board game Bad Doctor. Designed by Dan Germain and Eric Magnan, published by Mayday Games in 2018, number of players 2 to 4, ages 10 and up, playtime 30 to 40 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in the box? The box shows a chaotic scene depicting every grim nightmare a person could have about a trip to the hospital. Some examples include a doctor reading surgery for dummies and another smoking cigarettes and using the patient's stomach to hold their ashtray. Inside the box, you've got 37 treatment tiles, 22 patients, 4 double-sided starter patients, 15 complication tokens, 5 shift tokens, 4 sets of 20 doctor markers, and 4 individual doctor boards. And that's what's in the box. Before we tell you if this game has a pulse or is DOA, Evan, tell us how it's played. Bad Doctor is a tile-laying game in which the players are doctors competing for the glory of being the best of the worst doctors <laughs> by treating and hopefully curing patients. Patients are treated by laying treatment tiles with matching malady symbols. Doctors mark the patients they manage to treat, but patients left untreated develop complications. A patient will die if they go untreated and develop too many complications. If a doctor cures the final malady on a patient during their shift, that doctor will score their doctor's marker on their tableau. The game ends when one doctor has collected eight or more doctor markers, winning the game and achieving the dubious distinction of being the best bad doctor in the <laughs> hospital. Yeah. Best of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> best of the worst. We got a box of this game at PAX Unplugged. And we meant to play it a long time ago, live, but we all know why we couldn't do that. And now we finally got back to it. We played it live at Evan's house. You can see our unboxing of it on Instagram and YouTube. So guys, what did you think of the humor of this game? I think it had a nice kind of slapdick humor in there where everything's just kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek type of joke. Yeah, that's obvious by the box cover. There's like a hamster or something coming out of, oh no, a groundhog. With a t-shirt that says Groundhog on it coming out of somebody's chest on the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I loved that each card was its own 
comic strip tile. It was designed in that style, which really which really put you in the right mood to accept the humor and to <laughs> deal with all of these patients dying in front of you. These are the tough calls, Dr. Error. These are the tough calls. Just don't have the right treatment. Well, you've got a fractured syntax here. Yeah, two he, two he, left feet. I kind of want to kill the guy with two left feet. He's cured. He's cured? He's cured. Yeah. Cured. Yeah, I cured him. Oh, wow. I cured his butt. Well, two left feet would be the easiest thing to cure. Just teach him how to dance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole object of the game is to just have no one die on your shift. <laughs> I think it's really important for a game to actually sell itself as it is instead of uh, misleading you. And I think that this game seems to, you get exactly what you expected from this game. I like the jokes. The jokes were very funny. There's jokes like you'll pull a card and it says surgery kit ages eight and up. <laughs> and then the doctor will be asking, is this two to four players? <laughs> <laughs> There was another one that's like, Gen Con Balloon Massage. And I'm like, how did that help out people? And that was a wild card that really cured. So that mm -hmm. was like a really powerful card. And wasn't that a bonus card that we got? It is a bonus, Kyle. We, did we get it just for attending, just for being at PAX Unplugged, right? It was probably originally for it, Gen Con. It was, it was a bonus promo pack. Yeah, for conventions. Oh, that's pretty cool. As they promoted it at conventions, you got that extra card, which was nice. Nice touch. And another tile is like, it's a miracle. I wish I could remember where it happened. I can finally build a patient, though. <laughs> that's, well, that's nice. <laughs> Basically, dumb luck. <laughs> Your lack of skills somehow managed to cure this patient. <laughs> it was hard keeping patients alive. It is. And, I, and I've noticed uh, a, a good way to get points is you, know, you, you put your treatment on them, but if they die in somebody else's watch, you get the benefit of those treatments, so you get those points. Oh, so that's the shift tokens that you actually, your shift is over and you pass off the patient to somebody else or something? Yep. <laughs> so what it is, there are four patients out on the table. And um, if you don't see them, you know, treat them this turn, they get complications. And they only have so many places for complications. So you, you're like, well, that guy I can wait for. This guy is going to die if I don't see him. So I'm going to treat this person. And yet the other person get complications. And at least no one died on my watch. <laughs> and then if they happen to die on Celeste's watch, well, the the treatment I did count, and hers doesn't. <laughs> wow. And to counter that, or if you are the doctor who actually manages to cure a patient, then your treatments count as points for you, whereas any other doctor who had treated that patient prior, they will not receive credit or points for having put a remedy on them. Right, sure. You manage to cure somebody, you get all of the glory. That's right. Grab it all. It's nice to see that they actually incentivize you to cure them instead of just passing around the busted ones. Well, they incentivize <laughs> you to keep them alive during oh. your shift. Because remember, even if they die, you're going to get those points as long as it's not on your shift. Wow. Yeah. The real point is to check on them. Make sure you can try <laughs> to see as many of the four patients as possible on your turn that will help limit the amount of complications that will occur and also ideally prevent any one of them from dying on your shift. So try to... Sp and to be clear, I think we had maybe, what, two, maybe three patients actually survived the ordeal while Oof. at least uh, three times <laughs> that many died. Yipes, that hospital That's must have right. a bad reputation. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not called good doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
it was interactive. It was the case where you're not just playing your own doctor and then, you know, turning your attention elsewhere. You have to really pay attention to see what the other players are doing. Uh, because if you don't, you may find yourself on the bad end of the wrong shift and have a lot of things, a lot of people expiring <laughs> when it's your turn to play. Oh, man. <laughs> you show up to work and everybody's at death's door. That's terrible. You're, you're doing your most to like try to triage people while maybe setting up hard choices for the next player. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh my gosh. You mean you went to that strategy level, Ed, where <laughs> you were actually thinking about blocking other people? I mean, I was, I was spending full time just trying to keep patients from dropping dead. But I guess maybe that was due to Ed strategizing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning up Ed's mess, basically. <laughs> Celeste, are you breaking a sweat just imagining yourself running around doing triage? Uh, no, no. I like, okay, I like chaotic workplaces. It actually reminded me a lot, this game, of... Um, uh, my early days. Running a LARP? It might, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, running a LARP, sure. <laughs> but actually, it was more specific to, like, I was, I used to be, in the old days, in telecommunications. And it was basically just taking phone calls of one problem after another. Oh, and it was absolute oh, chaos. Right. And basically, there was a lot of, well, my shift is over. It's the next guy's problem. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody die on your shift ever? <laughs> I mean, not everybody got all of their cable channels back, but it wasn't my shift. I'm all done. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So we actually met the people who uh, published this game. We met them at PAX Unplugged. They were doing a lot of promos that day. We haven't gotten around to all of them yet. I think the next one up we're going to do is Monster Island. Yeah. Yep. We did Yummy Yummy Pancake. That's also one of their games. Mm -hmm. And that was the one they were promoing a lot. It's a great promo game because it comes with a pan that you're flipping and everything. So (laughs) Yeah, it's good for kids. Yeah. Kids were really attracted to that at PAX Unplugged. The company is Mayday Games. I didn't mention that before. Okay, explorers. It's time to dig up or bury Bad Doctor. Evan? Bad Doctor is a light game with enough fun and humor to make it a nice opening game on game night so i'll dig it up ed the game was funny enough to play and i enjoyed it and would play again if the doctor made a house call but it's not (laughs) quite good enough for me to keep him on as my pcp so i'm gonna bury it for now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did enjoy the gallows humor it was mostly a hit and it doesn't outstay its welcome You know, I think I would want to expose this game to more people. So I'm going to dig it up for another play. Hey, we want to hear from you about Bad Doctor or just Bad Doctors. We are at (laughs) Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Let's talk about the board game Puerto Rico. Designed by Andreas Seifarth, published by Alia and Ravensburger in 2002, number of players 3 to 5, ages 12 and up, playtime 90 to 150 minutes. Mikey G, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box shows a ship arriving at a bustling island dock and a man on board holding his fancy feathered cap in his hand and surveying his new home for opportunities. Inside, you'll find five individual player boards, a governor card, eight roll cards, which are the settler, mayor, builder, craftsman, trader, captain, and two prospectors, one game board, 49 building tiles, 54 doubloons, 
58 island tiles representing coffee, tobacco, corn, sugar, and indigo refineries. 50 wooden tokens to represent those finished goods. A colonist ship and 100 wooden colonist meeples. There's also a trading house, 5 cargo ships, and 50 victory point ships. And that's what's in the box. That all? That's it. That's it. Those few items. <laughs> that's all you much. get. And it's not even a huge box. It's a tiny box. Before this review disembarks, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Puerto Rico, players assume the roles of colonial governors on the island of Puerto Rico. The aim of the game is to amass victory points by shipping goods to Europe or by constructing buildings. Each governor has their own tableau with spaces for city buildings, plantations, and resources. Shared between the players are three ships, a trading house, and a supply of resources and doubloons. Grow crops and exchange them for victory points or doubloons. Doubloons can then be used to buy buildings, which allow players to produce more crops or give them other abilities. But you'll need colonists to work your plantations and buildings. Governors take turns selecting a roll card, such as the trader or the builder. When a roll is chosen, every player gets to take the action appropriate to that roll. Earn victory points for owning buildings, shipping goods, and manning the large buildings. The governor with the most victory points at the end of the game wins the game, and a 50-foot bronze statue will be erected in San Juan for that player, the greatest governor in the history of Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, maybe maybe not that, but they'll, they'll win the game. Well, sadly, we did not get to experience all those awesome components in the box because we played it on Board Game Arena. How was it on Board Game Arena, guys? I was so glad for it, doing all the setup for us and <laughs> and clean up. Yeah, oh, especially that. Uh, I played the physical version many, many times, and it's nice not having to fiddle the bits quite as much because there's a, a few components that you have to mess with. A few, fiddle huh? The bits. A few. I like that. <laughs> as we've as we've mentioned, there are hundreds of components in this box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the most tedious one I remember was counting out the colonists because the number of colonists you start off the game with depends on the number of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, Ed. Because when you run out of colonists, that triggers end of game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank goodness. Well, Celeste, you weren't constantly enthralled? (laughs) I wasn't constantly enthralled growing coffee crops and, and, yeah. Yeah. Crops, yeah. And my default, what was it? Hey, I don't know. Corn, Celeste, corn. Celeste, Celeste, Celeste. (laughs) Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, this game is pretty famous. Why is that, Evan? Because it's been around a long time. It's almost 20 years. This game first came out in 2002. As far as I can tell, it kind of blazed the trails for other for other games that came along in this style, many of which we've played and reviewed on the show. And I've certainly heard of Puerto Rico before, uh, even though I had not played it, if you can believe it, until <laughs> we played it online just the, just the other night. Oh, wow. But, but it, it's a very well-known, popular game, and I think it blazed some trails in a lot of ways. No, it, was, it was, in a day, one of the top-rated board games on Board Game Geek. This game really brought to the fore the role-selection mechanic, which I think is key to this game. It, it's um, a core element of the game, the role-selection And it really, I think, brings everybody into being able to play out every turn. Everybody's interested in what role you're taking, and everybody gets a chair in that role. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you just got to choose your leader, 
based on everybody else getting a little bit less effect from that leader when you choose it. Because, like Ed said, everybody shares the ability, but the person who chooses it gets a boosted version of that ability. Yeah, so sometimes you want to take the best role for yourself, and sometimes you want to take, like Mikey suggests, the worst role for other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, like I, at one point in the game, I think I chose the builder because nobody else had enough money or space to build anything at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to you? build, but oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that turn? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody yeah. went, well, I don't have anything to build. And I was like, <laughs> two yeah. buildings, please. But bam, bam. Yeah, because money is extremely tight in this game. It, oh, as well God, as yeah. good, too, because you know, the same thing with a trader. Like, I got the only odd good, so I'm going to pick trader and no one else get the trade. Ha ha. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And also, each turn that somebody doesn't pick one of the different roles, it gets a coin on it. Sometimes you just pick one that's been sitting there for a few turns just to get all the extra money, because like Ed said, money is crazy tight. And that's a mechanic that's been copied a bunch of times in other games, too. Mm -hmm. I felt frustrated a lot of times that somebody had (laughs) chosen the role that I wanted before I could get it for that round. So that's definitely the frustration factor is definitely a part of this game. I mean, that's the the hallmark of a good worker placement game is that little level of frustration where you don't have enough money or enough time or, you know, feel that pressure. Or you wind up concentrating on one aspect of your build and you're totally ignoring another (laughs) and it's too late to catch up. ah, That is a key part of the player interaction in a game where the actions you choose are impacting the other players, maybe not quite directly. But it takes away an opportunity or triggers something that would rather happen a little later. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't exactly call it a backstabbing game, but there's definitely some manipulation you could do to frustrate the other players. I played a game in tournaments where people really uh, take an action that are totally out of sync with what you're trying to do. Sugar for me. Look at that. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Five dollars. Choose that role. And hogged up the indigo, which really would have been good for me, right? Because I would have gotten sure, how much? Would have been great for you. You can only put one indigo in there. You can only put one in. Would have been totally been better great for you. <laughs> the part of the trick is trying to get on the right timing of the game. Because mm-hmm. it's like the actions of roles, which are like settler, mayor, builder, craftsman, trader, and captain. And it, there's a kind of a theme there. No, one allows you to build plantations, another one allows you to bring settlers in to populate them, and then builders to build new buildings, and then the the craftsmen to make goods, and then you can either trade them or sell them away. And if you're not in sync with what other players are doing on that kind of like train, it's like, oh crap, I missed out on an opportunity. Yeah, literally missed the boat. <laughs> exactly. Did that happen to you, Celeste? Uh, not the boat. I was pretty good with shipping, but boy, oh boy, that trader, I could never get in that trading house. Mm. You need diversity to get in there if you if you only have one kind of crop in there, especially because you want to have an expensive one to put in there too, because they each have their own set values. So Coffee. Yeah, you want that coffee. Or tobacco is pretty good too, and it goes down from there. But if Mike plays the, plays the coffee in there, I can't play coffee because Mike already grabbed coffee. I got to go with tobacco or sugar or something else, yep. something less valuable. Corn is zero. Exactly. Unless you have some kind of bonus. But they do empty out when all four of them, the spaces in that area are filled. So you can then add other stuff in there afterwards, too. You know what happened to me was that I got my production, my plantations going pretty well in sync with my buildings, but I couldn't get all my goods to market. I wound up having <laughs> to throw a bunch of it overboard. Yeah, you needed a warehouse. 
Yeah. Yeah. It never picked up on a warehouse early enough. So I learned. Timing your purchases of buildings and so forth. I mean, if you get on a particular deal too late, it's not going to do you any good. Like getting a building, a particular type of building like a storehouse too late in the game, it's just a waste. Yeah, the, the buildings, I think, are a key part of the game. They give you special powers that break the rules. Like, oh, that rule about not needing to put a different good in there. Well, there's a building that lets you break that rule. So I can put another coffee in the house. Yeah, I think the victory points are the same value for no matter how valuable the product is, right? So like a shipload of sugar is the same value as a shipload of tobacco. Or coffee for that matter. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of fiddly bits in here. And I think that was one of the problems. I didn't like all of the little, you know, pieces and moving them. We played the quote unquote sequel to this game called San Juan, which is a card game style of uh, trading. And and I like that much better. Part of the reason was because it had less components and less pieces. You're really dealing with the cards in your hand and the cards in front of you and building a tableau from the cards. I enjoyed much better. San Juan was a nice card-based version of the game. It had a lot of the same mechanic, but it was streamlined. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing you didn't play it live, Celeste, man. If you don't like the fiddly bits moving around, there's a lot of moving you'd have to do and keep track of and live. Right. And I actually like that aspect, of course. You know, surprise, <laughs> surprise. But the, the decision just in, like, where do I put the colony? Because you don't usually have enough colonists to occupy all your buildings. So it's like, do I want this building to be occupied or do I want this other building to be occupied? Am I want more sugar or more indigo? Do I need... Am I going to use the... Uh, the uh, trading house this turn, or am I oh, not? I had a building that filled up colonists every time somebody uh, did uh, a plantation action. So I was getting colonists left and right. Is that the Hacienda? Hacienda, yeah. They have a nice place to stay and have dinner. Yeah, and... it's a beautiful island. Enjoy it, guys. Come on over. Yep, yep. More, more of your workers are telling people to get a job with Mike because he's got <laughs> this great Hacienda. You should check yeah. out the Hacienda, yeah. Yeah, no more living in tents. It's fantastic <laughs> over there. Come on, join us. Yeah. Worth every doubloon. It's worth every doubloon, exactly. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Puerto Rico. Ed? This is one of my favorite classic games. While it does show its age a bit, it remains a showcase of what the role selection mechanic could be. I've dug this up for many trips to the docks. Evan? This is my first time playing this classic game, and I can now understand the appeal. Especially for this game being almost 20 years old. It has legs. Dig it up. Mike? I play Puerto Rico once every couple years, and it always feels like there's something new to try. And for that reason, and many more, I'll dig it up. Uh, I found the game to be a slow, incremental grind (laughs) to build a close, relatively dull game of will-they-won't-they-ship. So I'm going to go ahead and bury it. Play San Juan instead. Way more fun. (laughs) Let us know what you think about the board game Puerto Rico. We would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Let's talk about the board game Yukata. Designed by Stefan Dora. Published by Hans M. Gluck in 1996. Number of players, two to four, ages nine and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The cover of this box features a giant Mayan head statue staring you down over the backdrop of misty mountains and a looming ziggurat. 
In front of the statue is a winding path of rune-etched plates with mysterious floating stones and two smaller statues seemingly making offerings. Inside the box, there's a board, 25 white stones, 9 blue stones, 4 stone player pawns, and 4 sets of 7 cards numbered 1 through 5 with 2 special cards. And that's what's in the box. Before we get to the review, Evan, Yukata, tell us how it's played. Yukata is a game for the single track minded because there's a single track. <laughs> the, the goal is to collect the most yellow colored stones as you move a along the track and try to avoid the blue stones because those count as negative points. Right, Mike? Oh, yeah. Players move by playing cards from their hand. There are seven cards in total in your hand, one through five, plus a special card which allows you to move the same as the last card played by another player, and the other special card which allows you to leapfrog to the lead position on the track. Here's the general rule. You can't play a card that was just played by another player. So if Ed plays the three, and it's my turn, I cannot place a three. I have to choose something else from my hand. The last spot on the track of the board holds one red stone, which will knock out one of your blue stones in the final count. When the end is reached, count your points and prepare to declare victory or ignominity, and thereby insulting the Mayan civilization dating back hundreds if not thousands of years. No pressure here. So we played this game on yukata.de. <laughs> <laughs> Any relation to the game? Which, for those who don't know, is not a website exclusively devoted to the game Yukata. <laughs> it is just the name of a board gaming website, which you can play many, many board games on, and we have played many, many board games on. Oh, yeah. It isn't as fancy or as frilly as things like Board Game Arena or even Tabletopia. I love tabletop. <laughs> and some of the games are very old-fashioned looking. The programming is extremely basic. However, uh, this game's animation was pretty darn good. What do you guys think of the look of this game on Yukata.de? I mean, it was good for Yukata.de, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. For Yukata, it was very good. What I liked about the animation is that when you play a card to make your move, the stone actually jumps. <laughs> that's right. You have this bird's eye view of the board when it makes the jumping motion it takes your marker on the board it makes it larger as it jumps from one spot to the next makes it smaller as it goes back down that makes it larger as it comes up and jumps again that was cool it was a little slow though but yeah <laughs> it was, slow, it was really it slow good. well yeah sorry it's not um fortnight it doesn't move that fast no <laughs> But it was really cool because it was a photorealistic rendering of the game board. So it looked like real stones were just bouncing across this game board. It was very neat. So we're talking about the game box and I described what's in the box, but I got that information from actually playing the game online. I couldn't find a version, a physical version of this game anywhere online. Can, did anybody else have any trouble with that? It is a very old game from 1996. I mean, that is pre-let's post everything we possibly can about our game online. So, yeah, it, it's not going to have nearly as much information about it. Does Board Game Geek have uh, a page for it? Yes, it does. It has Yukata, but it has like a little uh, apostrophe at the end of Yukata. Ah. Look, if you look at the the box uh, image, there you can see that there's like like the A has like a little a accent on it. Yukata. 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 Sonnen Temple Dermaya. <laughs> what language is that? 
Now that, that, that I think that is the German cover. Yes, it has a lot of reprints all across the world, which is always fun to check out on Board Game Geek. What did you guys think of the gameplay? I think there's a lot of like trying to guess what the other players are going to do. It's like, okay, if I do this, am I setting them up for a good turn or you no? Know, well, they take that bad stone and then I'll have a good turn later. <laughs> And it's interesting because you can see everybody's hand. It's always face up. So you know what they have available to them. And you have to use your whole hand before you reset it again. So they could get stuck with something in their hand and you could kind of stick it to them that way. Yeah, it was a real choice whether or not to just cruise through the board like Mike did and just pick up (laughs) everything you can like a vacuum cleaner and suck up all the negative points, which Mike loves. Yeah, well, I didn't suck up all the (laughs) negative points. but (laughs) Or try to be strategic about it and just get positive points. I found that to be nearly impossible. You got to bite the bullet sometimes. My actual plan, my actual plan, not the one that you saw, <laughs> but my actual plan was to hoover up that a couple big chunks of points, like where there wasn't a lot of negatives in between and then kind of sit back because I've already used all my high cards and sit back and kind of crawl my way to the end with getting as few negative points as I can after that point. Because there's a lot of blue stones near the end of the trail. Yeah. There's apparently different setups that you can do, though, where the layout will be different. The blue stones will be arranged differently than they were in this particular layout. Yeah, Yukata has a setup option where you can choose which layout you want to use. Is there a random like setup where you can just randomly like basically pick bag them onto the board? I didn't see a random one, not to say it wasn't there. I just picked the standard because I figured we are going to play it for the first time. We might as well use the default. So, Evan, what's your strategy tip? Don't care about winning. (laughs) (laughs) That's my strategy for every game. (laughs) That is (laughs) going first seems to have a couple of, well, I'd say uh, drawbacks to it. First of all, like Mike alluded to earlier, you're you're trying to predict what the other players are going to do and then base your move off of that. Well, as the first player going, you're kind of you know, are forced into that position in which other people can start to make a strategy based on what you decide to do. And it kind of becomes a question of, do you do you just run up there and make the charge and try to grab up as many of those positive stones as possible and hope for the best? Or do you linger behind and sort of clean up whatever whatever remnants are left and not worry about getting there first and hopefully your, your two points that you collect is enough to be the victor? for the game. Yeah. Which it might be. Two points could win a game. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, I think I won with four points or something like that because the negative stack, it's not just like one negative point per. You're getting minus one and then the second one you get is minus two, three, et cetera. So you can- Yeah, it's this compounding fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of positive points on the board, but if you collect a bunch of negatives, yeah, the winner could be a two-point game. Yeah, I think as it was, I think the one, one or one by three or four points, I figured exactly- mm-hmm. So the cards are marked with a number on each one of them. That's how many spaces you'll move. A couple of the rules, like you can't use the same number that somebody just used on the turn before you. So they can kind of stick you with a choice you don't want to make. Um, There's also a question mark, which lets you move, which breaks that rule, basically lets you move exactly the number that the last person used. And then there's the sword, I guess. I don't know what it's called. It looks like it has a sword. And that one lets you move either one space if you're in the lead or one space in front of the person who's in the lead. And you got to use those carefully. You know, I'm consistently impressed with this yukata.de site. (laughs) As old-fashioned as it looks and as clunky as it can play sometimes, and this game was no exception with that darn finish turn button, 
which was absolutely in this game above all other games we've played at Yukata was the most superfluous in this game. Oh yeah. Because there is only one thing you can do. Once you do it, you are done by definition. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to press a finish turn right. button. Exactly. It's so this website, just to give yet another shout out to yukata.de, um, this website is run by a very small group of people. And it is extremely, extremely a labor of love. There is like no advertising. They are very concerned about not sharing your information. All they get from you is an email. Nothing else is required. And they only use the email as a basically a hashed up reference in their avatar building. And that's it. So it's done by a person. Kay Wilk is the designer. Uh, and it just says uh, the designer of this website and the person responsible for it is Kay Wilk. And it is a spare time project of the webmaster and his team. That's all it says. So, and there's almost no other legalese. There's nothing else on this site. And I just love that. Really impressive that they were able to get the licensing for all of these games online. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Yukata. Mike? It was interesting, but I think all the mysteries of the Maya in this game were revealed to me in just one playthrough, so I'll bury it. Evan? Yeah, the game's simple to learn. There's some strategy here to employ. I question the replayability. And frankly, it's just, to me, not all that interesting. So I'll bury it. Ed? This is a classic abstract game, which has a, a, a neat little theme to it. And I'll dig up this classic strategy game just for a couple more plays to see how long it will hold my interest. You know what? I think I like this game. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised too. There is strategy here, and the speed of it is charming. I'm digging it up. Guys, we want to know what you think of Yukata or Yukata.de. We are at Which Game First on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. Please reach out to us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or look us up on Discord. And if you'd like more perks and content from our show, including our exclusive podcast for patrons only. Bonus points! Ba -ba -ba bonus points. You can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating, a like, a review, anywhere online. It really helps others find the show. Happy gaming, explorers! You gotta be kidding me. This ship is full and sailing out now. Oh, baby, you, you got what I need. <laughs>